What's going on, Giants fans? This is Michael Craig filling in for Jay Espo on the Big Blue Talk podcast. We've got a lot to review today. Uh, first off, we're going to be talking about the Jets versus the Giants game last Sunday in the battle for New York, where there really wasn't much uh, to talk about. The game was pretty ugly, and the Giants gave away a big, uh, what would have been a big win in the fourth quarter when Graham Gano missed a field goal and uh, let the Giants let the Jets come back uh, in the fourth quarter. Giants managed very little offense during the game. Tyrod Taylor uh, had nine passing yards, but overall the team had minus uh, negative nine passing yards for the entire game, which was the lowest amount of passing yards in a game uh, in an NFL game in history, which is not exactly a record you'd like to be setting, especially against a uh, rival in your own state. Saquon had a record 36 carries for 128 yards. Um, This averaged out to about 3.6 yards per carry, which wasn't great for him, but was a record amount of carries. He really had to take on the workload because the offense just couldn't generate anything. Overall, it ended up being a defensive battle, and we saw the emergence of Kayvon Thibodeau, who had three sacks, one forced fumble, and nine total tackles. Overall, this really wasn't a coming-out party for him. He was able to uh, really show his impact on the edge and even had a what was supposed to be Uh, a game-ending sack uh, until the Giants ended up messing that one up too, as they usually do. A lot of people were putting into question Brian Dable's uh, game management decisions as, you know, we had Tommy DeVito coming in, who was an undrafted free agent rookie quarterback, and he was obviously struggling because he just wasn't ready to be put in this position. So why was he put in as the backup? And they didn't even trust this guy to throw past the the line of scrimmage. So basically I think that we would have been better, you know, running wildcat the entire game. I don't think that Brian Dable's um, game management was necessarily the biggest issue of the day. I thought that he was calling the game fine. Overall, you had to play conservative. The giants took the lead and it was clear that the, Jet, the jets offense was completely incapable of actually generating any kind of offense. The only real offensive play that they had before the uh, comeback at the end of the game was Brees Hall getting that, I think it was a 50, 52-yard touchdown. And the reason that he broke off for that touchdown was there was a penalty uh, flag thrown at the line of scrimmage, which I believe the Giants defenders believed was going to be on the offense and it ended up being for illegal contact. So they kind of gave up on the play, and that's 100% on them. you got to play it to the whistle. But at the end of the day, mistakes happen. That's what it was. But other than that, you know, the Giants defense completely shut down the Jets offense. They were able to generate pretty much no yards, no yards after the catch. Zach Wilson couldn't do anything. And they had they were like one of 13, I think, on uh, they were one of 13 on third down. So overall, it was a great day for the defense. Dexter Lawrence was doing Dexter Lawrence things. He had 15 pressures, which was a record for um, those tackles going back to like the 60s. And uh, overall, it was just, you know, he had one sack on the day and um, he just seemed like he was involved in every play. He was completely unblockable and was just doing things that Dexter Lawrence does. Also, it was uh, it was a nice change of pace to see that we had a new punt returner who was Gunnar Olswenski, uh, who we picked up from the Steelers. And he returned the ball for six times, uh, averaging 9.3 yards, which would make Giants fans very happy because this is the first time. And it seems like forever that the Giants had a consistent punt returner uh, that wasn't, you know, fumbling the ball or muffing a punt. And we were actually able to in a game that had, I think, a combined like 30 punts. And it was a record amount of punts as well. Um be able to get out of the game cleanly on special teams. 
The biggest issue of the day was really uh, Graham Gano, who missed two field goals and essentially cost us the game. It was a really tough one for him because, honestly, he should have been put on IR weeks ago. I'm not really sure why they thought, you know, a guy that is getting surgery this week uh, would be able to compete at a high level and get those kicks because now between uh, between missing one kick in the Bills game and missing two in the Jets game, they basically – special teams has cost us two games in a row – and we really should be uh, battling to be 500. Instead, now we're sellers to the trade deadline, which we were when we traded Leonard Williams, uh, which is pretty sad because I'm sure a lot of Giants fans really enjoyed watching Leonard Williams over the last four years. And nobody is more sad than Dexter Lawrence, who's been his running mate since he entered the league and his overall best friend, as he said during uh, an interview earlier this week, it really has affected him because just, you know, the guy that you're in the locker room with every single day, you're constantly playing with, you develop that personal relationship. And for him, that's definitely been tough. But on the bright side, Giants fans, we got amazing draft compensation from the Seahawks and the Leonard Williams trade at the deadline. They gave us a second round pick and a fifth round pick, which is actually more draft compensation than we got when Dave Gettleman traded for Leonard Williams from the Jets um, back in, I believe it was 2019. Uh, that's when we got a third round pick and a fifth round pick. Not to mention the contract is expiring this year. So really for the Seahawks, it's a, it's at mo it's, it's a eight game rental. There's really not much left in the season, but they're trying to make a playoff. push. so this was a, uh, I would say a trade that was great for both sides and really did make sense. I would have liked to seen uh, a Dory Jackson get traded as well, but I think the, the contract was a little too high and a lot of teams don't have the cap space to take it on. That's why we were able to move Leonard Williams because we decided to get better draft compensation. We were taking on his salary. So instead of saving that on the salary cap and rolling it into next year, uh, we decided to just keep uh, take the salary cap hit now, but we also gain a second round pick. So we're basically just trading money for a second round pick at this point. Um, and overall, I think that this week's just been, you know, a tough one for Giants fans having to come to terms with we were sellers at the trade deadline. We're not going to be making a trade dead, uh, a trade push. And now you got to start thinking about what's going on in the future. You're going to see a lot of younger guys like Trey Hawkins in the secondary, uh, Cordell Flott cementing his uh, spot in the as the slot corner has really played well. So a lot of these younger guys are going to be getting more snaps. And we have to decide what's the team going to look like next year? What are we going to be looking for in the draft? Um, and other things like that. But we still have a game this week, and this game is very interesting for a variety of reasons because Darren Waller is injured, so he's not going to get his revenge game that I'm sure he would have loved to have had. And as I'm sure many of you know, Josh McDaniels, their head coach, got fired. The GM, Dave Dan Zeigler, got fired, as well as the offense coordinator, Mike Lombardi, got fired. And they'll be starting a new rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell because Jimmy G is also getting benched. Um and so to talk about this from a betting perspective, because the Giants are underdogs in this game, which they really shouldn't be, and I'd love to throw the entire house on it, uh, we're going to hear what my very good friend John Periudakis has to say. So, John, can you uh, – are you there? I'm here, guys. What's going on, Mikey? Thank you for What's having me. What's going on, John? Thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk to you because I know that you, uh, you'll be able to give us a really good perspective on should we should Giants fans be throwing the house – on their team this weekend uh the house i'm not too sure you shouldn't really throw the house on anything here but um for those that were able to get the giants uh earlier in the week they were plus three and a half uh that's where circus sports opened the game at plus three and a half minus three and a half to las vegas 
uh, Pinnacle Sportsbook, which is just as sharp as Circo, if not sharper, one of the sharpest sports book sportsbooks in the world, opened the game at a field goal as well. Um, that was assuming that Daniel Jones would not be starting. And this was also assuming that Jimmy G was going to be the starter. Uh, as you mentioned previously, uh, right now the Raiders organization is an absolute shit show. Um, you got head coaches fired. You got GMs fired. You got, I'm sure, lots of frustration amongst players. Uh, Jimmy G, who they signed for for a lot of money, uh, will not be starting. And now Aiden O'Connell's a starter. So through all that news, the betting markets reacted. And this game now sits at one and a half at Pinnacle Sports, still in favor of Las Vegas. I'm sorry, minus one um, with some juice attached to it. Minus one, minus 117 to be exact on the Raiders. Uh, Circus Sports is selling the game uh, plus two Giants, minus two Raiders. So um, that number did come down to one and a half. I saw at Circa. Got some buyback uh, too. Um, you know, the information's out there. You know, this is what it is. You got Aiden O'Connell starting for the Raiders. Uh, you really don't know what you're going to get. Sure, he's got some uh, previous history quarterbacking in the league, but not enough to really be sure of yourself. And for the Giants, you really, for the Giants, you got to, re- they have a really big opportunity here. Um, obviously, this is going to be a tight game based on the, the, the betting line. Uh, the total is also 37 and a half, which is extremely low. So points are going to come at a premium. Um, it's important that the field goal unit uh, does their job and that uh, the ball is run, in my opinion. I think uh, I lean to the under in this game, under 37 and a half, where it's currently at. It opened at 39. Obviously, that was a little bit too high. And, you know, given the changes at quarterback and stuff like that, you're going to see maybe more run heavy from both sides. Um, I think the Giants could succeed in the run game, and that could help them obviously keep this game close and you know just get into the opponent's territory i think that's the biggest thing right just getting into the opponent's territory and coming out with at least three um as far as betting on a side at this point in the week i probably wouldn't take the giants i would have liked them at plus three or better just getting that field goal from from a betting perspective is so valuable Mm -hmm. um at this point where the line's currently at with you know a one and a half two point split um it's probably better to take the money line if you're looking to bet the Giants. Um, at this point, like if the game is being projected as it is currently, according to the market, less than a field goal, um, anything could happen in those final minutes there. Uh, I'd expect multiple lead changes in the fourth quarter. And with that, you might as well take the Giants and be on the right side of you know some potential late game variants where you know the Raiders happen to have a lot of that. Uh, we all know what happens late game with Raider games. Um, so at this point in the week, if I were to be betting this game and I were looking to take a bet on the Giants, it definitely would be on the money line. Um, otherwise, it would have been that three earlier in the week. But at this point, the money line. Okay, that, yep, and that's good to hear. I definitely agree with you that I think it's going to be a very run-heavy game as we saw last week with the Giants where Saquon had 36 carries. Um, right now they don't have a lot going for the passing game, but I think that the Raiders defense should be not, um, as not as shouldn't give the giants offense as much trouble as the jets offense did, especially considering that Daniel Jones will be back and that'll add another element a to the passing game, but as, as well to the running game, because as we know, Daniel Jones consistently seems to hit the overs 
on um, his own rushing yards, which I haven't actually gotten a chance to see what his rushing yards are for this week, but I'm sure it's not too high. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we don't know what to expect from rookie Aiden, o- Aiden O'Connell. We have, we saw a couple preseason games he performed pretty well, but right now, I mean, like they just, Mark Davis had enough, you know, they, the players seem to be down on the coach. And sometimes I think that by firing these guys, the giants could also be in trouble by the mere fact that now everybody seems motivated. You know, you've seen interviews from Devonte Adams and other players that are like really excited about this new change and being able to play for former giant Antonio Pierce. Um, so do you think that has some kind of sway on the line a little bit that, uh, you know, they had this new head coach that maybe they're a little bit more, you know, motivated to play for because it didn't seem like things with Josh McDaniels were going too well. Uh, so the media would would likely lead you to to believe that, you know, some change in, in, in the front office or a coaching change for the Raiders would be beneficial to them, um, which makes sense. I mean, this is this is an angle that many people have attacked, uh, you know, for years. It's like betting on a team that wasn't yeah. doing too well. That, that Like Jeff Saturday this, last year. Jeff Saturday last year. And, you know, even Rich Bisaccia too, right, when he came in for Las Vegas, um, mm-hmm. you know, after John Gruden got let go and they ended up making the playoffs. Um, I'm sure you're hearing a lot of that, you know, online in the media and whatnot. But from the betting, uh, when you look at the betting markets, I mean, the betting markets have spoken and they, they like the Giants, obviously bringing them from, a three-point underdog to a one-and-a-half, and at some places a one-point underdog. Um, clearly, the the sharpest sports bettors in the world, um, you know, the ones who actually move markets, um, they like the Giants here. And I, I think that can that could be a, a good vote of confidence for, for Giants fans. Um, although, you know, sometimes betting is irrespective of, of, of the games. It's good to know that uh, – there's people in in real betting markets with real dollars um, investing in the Giants this weekend. Uh, so I and and I, I kind of err on the side of that as well. I, I do agree with the movement here. Um, I, I believe the Raiders situation is is so unique and so just terrible and um, and messy that that it's it's not. I don't think it's something necessarily that that's going to benefit the team. This is kind of like a band aid and. You know, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if the late Raiders lost this game, despite despite the changes in, in a fresh face and and the narrative there with Antonio Pierce being a former Giant. I just think so, there was too much that had happened this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know how these guys have their heads on straight. Uh, I get it; they're professionals. It's the National Football League, but I just think on a basic human level, like this this drastic of a, of a change, you know, leading up to. You know, what's a big game for the Raiders, too, realistically, as well. You know, this is a big game for, for both teams. Um, yeah, they're not entirely out of it. They, they're three and five right now. And, I mean, you got to think that, yeah, you just fired your GM, your head coach, and your offense coordinator. You, you're going to be out of it. But, yeah, the Raiders did it a couple years ago with Rich Prasatia. And um, I guess they could do it again with with Antonio Pierce. But it, it definitely, like, I don't even know who's calling plays. Who, you know, Mike Mike Lombardi's gone. You know, right, you know, right. They have, I, they have I think nobody. The 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 out the 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 team that loses this game, uh, their their outlook is gonna is gonna be affected the most. Um, and, and I and I think the outlook for the Giants overall, even from a football perspective, is just better than the Raiders at this point. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you'd agree. 
That's... Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with that, especially because I personally believe in our GM and I believe in our head coach. I think that they've made consistently good decisions, and I think that a couple mistakes here and there have definitely led to uh, the situation the Giants have put themselves in because right now we're planning essentially for the draft. I mean, the next next eight games really don't matter other than I think it would be nice to show some momentum. I'm not somebody that believes that any of these professional players are going to be you know, tanking for anybody or things like that. I think it's all nonsense. And that at the end of the day, these guys have contracts on the line. They have to, you know, perform, do their best. And so they're going to, hopefully uh, the giants can show some improvements towards the end of the season, but I, I definitely would hope they're trending upwards. And I, I don't see the Raiders trending up uh, after this week. I think that this was kind yeah. of the final straw for them and they're going to have to hit the reset button at some point because you know, they've benched Jimmy G because they don't want him to get injured uh, so that they could save money on his contract and, you know, move off of him next year, which they're going to have to. And they'll likely draft a quarterback, you'd assume. So for them, it really even if they, you know, do well this season, like. You're going to have you're still going to probably hit the reset button at the end of the year, like they did with Passaccia. For sure. And they should have honestly hit that reset button uh, a while ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, generally speaking, like both teams are, they're kind of, they're kind of going to see what they got here. Um, definitely the Raiders, they want to see what they got with Aiden O'Connell. Um, but like uh, you said, like I, I also, yeah, I also believe, I also believe more in the Giants uh, organization as well. And I, I, I think it's a bigger opportunity for the Giants uh, to, to, to come in and get a win here. Um, I, I really do. I really think this is a big game. Awesome Perhaps home. a bigger game for the Giants. Um, <laughs> they just have to, you know, they just gotta, they just gotta execute. I mean, this is, this is a get right. This is a good opportunity. It's a good opportunity to get right. That's simply put. That's yep. This is definitely a get right game. Hopefully, I mean, Saquon's, you know, Saquon should be playing this game. So will Daniel Jones. Uh, I think we may still be missing Andrew Thomas. I don't think that's been uh, decided yet. But at the end of the day, like. This will be the first time in a while that Daniel Jones is coming back and we'll be able to see this offense hopefully in full form against a team that's not, you know, the best. So that'll give some of these players some confidence if they could take advantage of this opportunity. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm sure Giants fans are really, really excited to um, hear your thoughts on the game and the outlook that this is a really great opportunity as well as the sharp money mainly being on the Giants. Uh, do you have any other final thoughts or things that you wanted to say? No, that's all, Mike. I just want to thank you for having me on here and, uh, you know, getting the side of it a little bit. I think, I think it's important for, for fans, you know, fans who, who also, you know, bet the league, you know, kind of understand, you know, a little bit of, of where this comes, comes from and, and how the, how the odds reflect, you know, kind of the information that's, that's put out there regarding injuries and, and stuff like that. And as a final recap, just to remind people, uh, you know, barring any changes right now, as as we sit here, uh, 3.37 p.m. on Friday on the West Coast, the Giants are a take on the money line, um, as well as the under at 37 and a half, uh, based on what I had discussed with you previously. Uh, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. That was John Perry Dacus giving us a great analysis on the Giants versus Raiders game in Las Vegas this weekend. That'll be happening at Sunday at 425 p.m. Uh, and I'd like to thank all the Giants fans today for listening. This has been a really great podcast. And I'm very glad that uh, John 
let me fill in for him on the Big Blue Talk podcast today, and I hope to talk to you and hear from you guys soon. Thanks so much.